Hello, and welcome to Hina. And Mina. Ruin everything medical. medical. I'm Hina. I'm a doctor trained in internal medicine and pediatrics, and I work with critically ill patients in the hospital and the intensive and critical care units. And I'm Mina. I'm a pharmacist specializing in medications used to treat critically ill patients in the hospital and intensive and critical care units. So what does that mean? It means we take care of the sickest and the sickest patients, implying that we actually know some stuff. Hashtag street cred. <laughs> so you wanted to do it, take a minute and do this podcast to break down some of the most common illnesses that we all deal with, but in a way to show you the truth behind the curtain. Medicine today is very fragmented, and there's no time to figure out what you really have or to recommend treatment that will actually work. Yeah, so we are going to start with complaints that would take you probably to the urgent care center, and then complaints that would take you to the emergency room, and then the hospital, and arm you with some truth bombs so you can be smarter about your body. So Hina, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about hashtag pee and a little bit about hashtag sex and its consequences. But mostly we're going to talk about how much we hate antibiotics. How much do we hate antibiotics, Mina? In the famous words of Monty Python, we hate them a lot. Why, Mina? Aren't they miracle drugs that save our lives every day? Yes, they are. But here's why they suck. They suck because we use them a lot. And bacteria get really smart and build up defenses. And whether the patient has bacterial infection, viral infection, has no infection, doctors tend to prescribe antibiotics to make patients happy. And bacteria is smart. Bacteria, every time we give them antibiotics, they figure out a way around it. And they mess up our world of good bacteria. There are such things as good bacteria, Mina? Yeah, there's good bacteria that lie in our gut that we digest, or bacteria that are not so bad that pay rent on our body spaces that they rent out. Visiting bacteria from our lovers, family, and friends, these bacteria are our family. Some we love, some we tolerate. But with every big family, there are bad apples. But these apples stay in check because the family knows they will be kicked out if they misbehave. Antibiotics, on the other hand, are like horrible babysitters who let the kids die, indulge in bad boy parties, letting the bad apples take over. So then what happens? Sometimes these bad boys' parties result in horrible infections like Clostridium difficile, a super bad bacterial infection of our intestines caused by bacteria that normally live inside us in the small amounts. Is that all, Mina? No. They also increase resistance. They promote worse infections with smarter bacteria in the future, and they themselves cause bad side effects. Okay, so we hate antibiotics a lot. So let's move on to hashtag PP, or more appropriately, hashtag bad PP. So for this discussion, we're going to divide up our infections of the genitourinary tract. Now, the genitourinary tract is just a big name to say your bladder, um, the ureters that lead urine from the bladder to the kidneys, and your kidneys. So infections of the bladder that stay in the bladder, these we're going to call cystitis or urinary tract infections or UTIs, and infections that then travel from the bladder up through the ureter up to the kidneys. These are called complicated cystitis, complicated urinary tract infections, complicated UTIs, or pyelonephritis. And unfortunately, the first infection we have chosen to talk about today is not consistent with the woman's movement. It actually 
does affect women more than men by a huge margin. In fact, for every 10,000 men aged 15 to 50, there will be only 5 to 8 infected with cystitis. Why is that? It has to do with our anatomy, the proximity of the rectum to the urethra. So the butt to the urethra, which is the opening where you pee from, and the short distance of the urethra to the bladder account for the number of women with UTIs. Let's go back and think about what we said about those families of bacteria. These families of bacteria constantly descend on the rectum because that real estate is all about being warm and moist. And it's a short hop, skip, and jump over to the urethra. So you gotta figure that these bacteria are constantly making it into your urine, women. And that's absolutely true. And things that promote this contamination are hashtag sex, hashtag especially sex, and then hashtag use of spermicide. So just a quick note about spermicide. Most of the time, we're not using spermicide, right? Uh, we're using condoms or you're on the birth control pill or you have some long-term birth control or hopefully you're not having unprotected sex. But when does the spermicide come up is when females decide to use diaphragms and diaphragms have to be coated with spermicide. So if you can avoid that, it would be preferable. Previous contamination with bacteria that never left and diseases that make the real estate of the, of the bladder a lot more attractive, like newly renovated sugar walls by uncontrolled diabetes. Hashtag sweet interior design. <laughs> also structural problems like foreign things like urinary catheters, kidney stones that don't allow the urine to flow, and bladders that have lost nerve innervation so they're not moving and they're just laying there, letting the flow of bacteria kind of not flow. So, Hina, I'm kind of confused. If, we're if we are contaminated all the time, why are we always infected? No, 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 no. And that's why we want to start the hashtag whoa on the antibiotics movement. So what makes a UTI an actual infection? Well, first, you have to have the bacteria. But then these bacteria actually have to cause an infection. And if they cause an infection, you're going to see the evidence of this in your analysis or a urine culture, and you're going to have symptoms. What are those symptoms? Pain when you pee, if you have to pee a lot, feeling like you have to pee right away, pain in your lower belly right above the vagina, sometimes blood in your urine, and on the analysis of your urine, you should have evidence of white blood cells. These are the soldiers that we have that fight infection, and nitrite, which is a byproduct of bacterial digestion and you should be able to grow bacteria on a culture media. So, Hina, you're telling me that I need all those things before I need antibiotics? Yes, Mina, but... Are there exceptions? Yes. Ah, okay. Tell me about those exceptions. <laughs> Just remember, I hashtag hate antibiotics, but the exceptions are as follows. Number one, pregnancy. Pregnancy? Yeah, because your fetus is kind of finicky and doesn't like bacteria. And when you're pregnant, these bacteria are more likely to go ahead and climb up the ureter to your kidneys, especially in the second and third trimesters. This causes a lot of problems for mom, can cause early labor, and stresses the little fetus out. And then second, around the time you might be having any procedures urologic, 
like instrumentation of your urethra, bladder, or prostate, because, duh, it allows a path up to your kidneys. And three, patients who have kidney transplant, because, duh, they don't have an immune system, and they don't want to infect the good kidney. Oh, I got you. Okay, tell me about some of the bacteria, some of the common bacteria that cause infections. So the common bacteria, 75 to 95% of the time, is E. coli. Then the rest is made up of Klebsiella pneumonia, Proteus mirabilis, and Staphylococcus saprophyticus. Wow, big terms here. <laughs> That's why we got hashtag street cred. <laughs> How about those high-risk patients? Are they the same bacteria, or what happens there? No, they have bad, bad, bad bacteria. So what makes a, a person have a higher risk of getting really bad bacteria? I'm so glad you asked me that question, Mina, because number one, number one, two, and three in my book, recent antibiotic use, especially fluoroquinolones. Oh my God, fluoroquinolones. I hate those things. Why do we hate fluoroquinolones? Oh my God. Fluoroquinolones are one of those things that the FDA does not want to let go of. FDA keeps saying that it causes this, this, and this, and this, and this. A couple years ago, it says, watch out. Told the doctors, watch out. Stop using Levaquin because why? It caused tendon ruptures. And less than a year ago, the same FDA released a statement saying, watch out. Your patients might get an aortic dissection. Hina, what's an aortic dissection? Oh my God. An aortic dissection is when you split the main blood vessel that carries blood from your heart all the way to your body. When you split that, you are hashtag dead as a doorknob. Dead, dead, dead. And all for antibiotic that you probably didn't even need. Not at all. And that's why we hate fluoroquinolones. What else, Hina? Tell me what other makes what other things make a patient high risk. Recent healthcare exposure, meaning that you've been in a healthcare setting, you've been in the hospital, you've been, um, you had a procedure done somewhere, you've been exposed to the medical field because the medical field is full of resistant stuff. Uh, diabetes, because remember that hashtag sweet interior design, hashtag sugar walls, hashtag bacteria love them some sugar, hashtag lots and lots and lots of sugar. Immunocompromised people, people that are in medicines that suppresses their immune system, people that have cancer, they have autoimmune diseases like lupus, or they've had a transplant, people that have a structural abnormality, they have something foreign like a chronic catheter because they can't pee on their own, or they have a stent in their ureter, um, or they have an obstruction caused by kidney stones so there's not flow of urine, or they have a bladder that doesn't move properly, so that flow just kind of collects bacteria on the edges, or reflux where the urine comes back down. And pregnancy, like we talked about earlier. And weirdly, and I hate to say this because I am Indian, but travel to places with high resistance, number one, hashtag India, hashtag Israel, hashtag Spain, hashtag Mexico, Hashtag bad, bad hombres. hombres. Oh, my God. Hashtag build that bacterial wall. <laughs> I know that there's some common bacteria that could be resistant to all antibiotics. Is that true? That is very true. How about really bad bacteria? Is there really bad bacteria that we don't want? Absolutely. So Pseudomonas is a bad bacteria that is bad even when it's not resistant. Oh. Enterococcus, same thing. But Staphylococcus aureus... Remember, Mina, that's pretty that, common. Yeah, that's on everybody's skin. 
but it gets resistant really fast. Oh. So if we actually had to treat a patient, is there a specific antibiotic that we recommend? Uh, that's what you're here for me now. That is true. I forgot that part. All right. So here's my part. Okay. So my favorite antibiotic, if you're treating a UTI, is Macrobid. And I'll tell you why. Because Macrobid only works in the kidneys and where the site of the infection is, where the UTI is. It does not work in your stomach. It doesn't work in your blood. It doesn't work anywhere else but in your urinary system. So it's great for bacteria, people that have a urinary tract infection because it targets just that part. It doesn't affect all of the other bugs, okay? So I love Macrobit or nitrofurantin. The other one that I really love is phosphomycin. Phosphomycin is a great antibiotic because it's great against multi-drug resistant bacteria. So it's great because it's a one-time dose for most infections. You take it, it covers most of the antibiotics, and it's great. It has, barely has side effects. Also, the oldies are also good. So the cephalosporins, for all those geeks out there, cephalosporins are great for UTIs. Ceftonir is great for that. Augmentin is a little bit harsh on the stomach, but it's also great against the E. coli and the most common bacteria. But we want to stay away from fluoroquinolones, like we mentioned before, and Bactrim, because that resistant pattern is getting higher and the side effects are not really worth it unless you are resistant to other antibiotics. And it's really important, Mina, to know that if you end up taking antibiotics, you should feel relief with the first dose. And by 48 hours, all your symptoms should be gone. Because if you're still having symptoms after 48 hours, there's something wrong. You need to get a urine culture at this point for sure. Because two things. One, we need to let that bacteria go grow and we need to see what it's resistant to because you may have a highly resistant bacteria and need some other antibiotic. Or you may have bacteria that doesn't even grow, meaning you don't have an infection to begin with and you shouldn't have taken the antibiotics and now we have to figure out why you're having the symptoms that you're having. But Mina, can we be radical? Because we want to ruin everything medical. Oh, we can. More and more effort is being placed into researching no antibiotic treatments for the low-risk patients with cystitis. So far, most patients do just fine with anti-inflammatories such as ibuprofen or Motrin, but a small number do progress to complicated cystitis or pyelonephritis. So more evidence is needed. What we can say is wait a day or two, drink plenty of fluids, and if symptoms improve, no antibiotics is needed. Right, Hina? Right. And quick question. Do these fluids have to include cranberry juice? Nope, nope. Another urban myth, not true. Drink only if you like cranberries, which I do not. <laughs> so in review, bacteria in urine without all symptoms? Hashtag no, no antibiotics. Unless you're pregnant and have your urethra bladder about to be messed with or you have a kidney transplant. Bacteria plus symptoms equals antibiotics but what are we suggesting wait a day or two mm -hmm. and see what happens if you're a low-risk patient it'll probably go away it'll all on its own so then what if these bacteria actually do go up to the ureter or kidney now they're a complicated uti or pyelonephritis and what would your symptoms be then so the most common symptoms are fever greater than 99.9 .9 degrees fahrenheit Systemic symptoms such as chills, malaise, or fatigue. Not your normal fatigue that when you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but general fatigue that you cannot get up. Also, flank pain, which means pain in the mid-back right above the hip bone. 
Yeah. And these infections can be pretty serious. They can land you in the hospital if you're very symptomatic with the fever, vomiting, or pain, or if you're at high risk for resistant bacteria. Oh, what are those high risks, Hina? Well, again, hashtag hate antibiotics because recent antibiotic use, especially with fluoroquinolones, is your number one high risk for resistant bacteria. Then any recent healthcare exposure, that sweet, sweet diabetes with the hashtag sugar walls, hashtag bacteria love them some sugar, hashtag lots and lots of sugar. Immunocompromised patients and patients that have structural abnormalities that disrupt the flow of urine or they have foreign objects such as a catheter or a urinal stent. Pregnancy and weirdly again, being Indian, Travel to high-resistant places like hashtag India, hashtag Israel, hashtag Spain, hashtag Mexico, hashtag bad hombres. So you're telling me that if a patient got antibiotics recently, they're automatically a high-risk patient? Yes. Wow, isn't that interesting, huh? Isn't it? It's hashtag hate antibiotics. antibiotics. So... In those cases, we might actually need to use fluoroquinolones such as levaquinacipro because we know that those bugs are multidrug resistant and they might be resistant to the bugs, that, the antibiotics that we have. So in those cases, we might actually have to prescribe the dreaded fluoroquinolones because we need them and there's no other option. I know. Hashtag bad situation. What are the names of the fluoroquinolones for our audience? So the most common ones are ciprofloxacin, which goes by the brand name of Cipro. Levofloxacin, which goes by the name of Levaquin. The other one that pulmonologists actually love all the time is Moxifloxacin, which is Evalox. Those are the, the three most common fluoroquinolones. Or is there another regimen if you can't tolerate the fluoroquinolones? Yes, they, there is. Most patients do very well with IV or IM Rocephin, which is ceftriaxone, uh, a third-generation cephalosporin. And then it can be switched over to PO cephalosporins, such as ceftonir. Augmented, like I said before, is a great antibiotic for most of E. coli infections. It is a little bit harsh on the stomach. you got to take it with food. Here's me with the pharmacy stuff again. <laughs> and Bactrim is also a great option for multidrug resistant. But we try to try to avoid it as first line. Yeah, and we would have a culture by then, right, Mina? So yes, we would know. Exactly. We would know if it's sensitive or resistant to that book. So one last note about women. UTIs and pyelonephritis do not give you vaginal discharge. They do not cause pain when you are having sex. So if you're having that, you need to check for other infections. It's not a UTI or it's not only a UTI. Yes, we have to. I'm here. <laughs> okay. So the good thing to know, women, is this. Less men get infections, but when they have it, it's a lot worse. Oh, my God. It's always worse for men, I guess. Not always. <laughs> anyway, symptoms are the same, but if a man has a UTI, they usually have also something called prostatitis, which is an inflammation of the prostate. And what's the prostate's role? The prostate's role is to store sperm and release sperm. So what does that mean? That they have painful sex. And they have pain all the time because they're thinking about sex all That's the time. That's not great. That's not true. <laughs> not great and not true. Hashtag generalities. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they would need the same antibiotics, but they would need it for a lot longer. Just remember that UTIs do not cause penile discharges or painful bumps and ulcers. If there is discharge, also known as urethritis, think 
Hashtag nasty unprotected sex, bad sex bugs, gonorrhea, chlamydia, mycoplasma, all that good stuff. Hashtag herpes no bueno. <laughs> and remember, in that case, we got to contact your partner and it has to be treated and all partners within the last 60 days because why, Hina? Hashtag respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Oh, we love Aretha. So, <laughs> that's all for today. Hope you continue to follow our journey. Our website is oneforpatient.com, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at oneforpatient. I'm Hina. And I'm Mina. And we'll battle medical myths next time on Hina. And Mina. Ruin everything. Medical. <laughs>